<laughs> okay, now I'm ready. Why you no love me, friend? <laughs> Kelly, why am I here today? Oh my God, welcome back to the show, fiance. Oh yeah, I guess that's a thing. Babe, yeah. We haven't done a show since we got engaged and that is not what this podcast is about, but I just want to acknowledge that. That's fucking cool. I know it is cool. Yeah. <sighs> we should probably start doing our, our show again. Well, this is a little teaser precursor because we are bringing OK Babe back because finally Kelly's not going to be lazy when it comes to doing OK Babe and putting it on the calendar. Yay. We've been now really we, busy. All the, we know the real reason why OK Babe has been stalled out. Why is that? Because you're lazy. Oh, yeah. That's definitely it. Me. Had nothing to do with me at all. No, it had nothing to do with the fact that I've been fucking busy as balls, but that's neither here it nor is, there. It is what it is. It is what it is. And we'll talk about that on OK Babe. We will. Point. We will. So there's just been a lot of things going on in the tenant more, soon to be more household. Um, <laughs> and the reason I wanted to have Connor back on the show is because... I wanted to talk about some things that have been coming up for me that he and I have been talking a lot about that he's been so incredible in supporting me with that didn't feel right to just do a solo episode. And I, I like doing solos cause I like to, you know, get on my fucking soapbox and say all the things. But I also, what I'm finding recently is that I just keep having people I'm really, really close to on the show. And we have been having the most epic conversations because I am asking questions that I literally have in order to process what's coming up for me in that moment. And so it's been really cool rather than being an expert or saying, Oh, I want to talk about this. It just goes wherever it goes. And I've been learning so much and having so many aha moments on the show. And I feel like that's just where I am right now. I want to share in this with everyone. So are you game for that? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess he's like, <laughs> what, what does that have to do with me? He's I don't like, understand. What are we talking about? I don't get it. <laughs> so what does it have to do with you? Everything. You've been here witnessing me in my fucking spirals. Um, that is true, yes. So one of the things that you and I have been talking a lot about lately, and I just did this episode with Katie Calder called Spirituality is Fucked, is just the concept of spirituality, spiritual communities, spiritual bypassing, spiritual manipulation, all of that. And I've shared a lot about what's been coming up for me in the last couple episodes with people, but I would love for your take on this world of spirituality and where you saw it eight years ago, 10 years ago, when you were starting on your journey and having your awakening. And now you're not really in the space. You hear about a lot of it from me, but you have very strong opinions about all this. So I just want, I, I want, I would love for you to share the things that you've been telling me privately here on the show about what you've seen, what you've experienced and where you see it headed, because I really respect you and your opinion. And I think that there's a lot of validity to what you're saying. Well, I think there's a, a, a kind of a precursor to any of that, right? Is just the acknowledgement that we are all little validation seeking machines mm -hmm. that are just wandering around little gnomes looking for validation and to be loved and all this other bullshit. So like that's, that's that. And my validation, generally speaking, in my adult life has come from being a bit of a contrarian and, and, uh, calling bullshit, I guess is kind of what I say on the show now, because, um, I don't know, it just, that, that always seemed the most, uh, 
genuine to me. Like on the, me, me on the politically homeless show now, I feel like it's nice because I have, because of what I, what I talk about, I have zero fear of consequences for calling bullshit on like politicians or whoever. It's like, I'm actually playing a game now where I'm like, I'm one of those people that can be shit on and I can shit on other people. And we're all playing the same game, right? If it's me or Ben Shapiro or Charlie Kirk or any of these other douchebags with a microphone, right? Like it's all of us doing this thing. So we can kind of play this game of like, I can cover your stuff, being you being an asshole. We can do it back. You know, it just is what it is. Bad takes here and there. That's something I didn't have the freedom to do in personal development. But that being said, it was how I felt most of the time. And I built my business that I had when we met on most of this stuff being bullshit. And I was the bullshit free alternative. Mm-hmm. Now, was there bullshit infused into my stuff too? Of course there was. And I didn't notice it because of my own confirmation bias. And I acknowledge that. And that's fine, right? It's when you don't acknowledge that you're also full of shit and that you're a little validation sucking vacuum Roomba cruising around the world, just trying to like get all the, all the hearts and the, and the, you know, double taps and whatever else and the shares and all that kind of fun stuff. So I think one thing that happens in any kind of spiritual community is inevitably that there becomes a hierarchy, right? And you got to also understand, like, and this is what I like, there's a difference in psychology and human and, uh, and spirituality, right? Like they, there's overlap between quantum physics and psychology and spirituality, but there's a difference in understanding like cause and effect. Cause and effect is a thing. This thing happened. I felt this way. Trauma response is cause and effect, right? The effect may be different and manifest differently, but it's a cause and effect situation. That's, that's somewhat tangible. As tangible as you're going to get when it comes to human behavior. And for me, I, I kind of anchored myself in that versus trying to lasso these broad truths that we have zero comprehension of even like zero ability to comprehend what they even mean, right? What is the meaning of life, right? This is all this philosophizing on what life means. And you got the Stoics and Eckhart Tolle and some other person that Oprah likes, like you got this, right? And you get, so we're in the situation where it's like, you have these people kind of playing these games, but unlike philosophers of the past who actually tackled big questions, now it's like, how can I get laid or how can I make more money? It's like, they're not tackling like modern day, modern day, like personal development. People aren't tackling big questions. They're not really doing all that much. People like people are on a, on a, on a smaller scale like doing something like Tony Robbins is doing something tangible for people. I'm assuming. Right. Um, that's great. You know, Eckhart Tolle, same thing. These people, uh, Brene Brown, um, are doing great things for people, but I don't feel like they're tackling like the big questions of the world. Like the, the Stoics used to sitting around pondering because there's no money in that. There's no money in like trying to tackle the big questions, right? That's why it's academics. Well, aren't there no answers to the big questions? I mean, maybe, I don't know, but it's, it's, it's not about the answers. Like if you're, if you're out here seeking fucking answers, you're playing the wrong game because your answers are kind of your own, right? It's like what I would do versus what you would do in a situation depends on me or you. And there's not a right, I mean, there's a wrong answer possibly, but there's a bunch of right answers, right? So what I saw was a lot of what I considered misguided praise for people that then led to them kind of drinking their own Kool-Aid, right? And this is one of the reasons I, I'm, I'm lucky because my, one of my introductions, right, my introductions to kind of personal development were a lot of Mark Manson type stuff. You know, he really, when I got into, the, into doing it as a business, like I had like Mark Manson was like my anchor, which is like everything is fucked. Um, the subtle art of not giving a fuck, like 
you know, he, he markets himself putting fuck in the title of his shows or his books. So his thing was kind of like this no nonsense, practical approach because he came from a dating world where that is exactly how you act. Right. Mm -hmm. Like in dating, if you're a nerd and you are an introvert and you cannot socialize and that's causing problems in your life, then being able to be social around women means you can probably be social around anybody. That's like a life changing situation, right? You can call him a pickup artist if you want, but that's that not at all what it was. It was, it was very different than that. And that led him into what he does. But coming from that background, I could see that like, okay, this is a very grounded approach that I can appreciate. And it, it seems like it'll stand the test of time. And the people that he's referencing and getting stuff from have stood the test of time. Right. So it, it was, you know, you're looking at Jung and you're looking at these things that are, that are much more complex than, you know, chanting and, and setting an intention before you do a thing. You know what I'm saying? And at the same time, you know, I think a lot of it, I'm kind of rambling here, but a lot of it had a shelf life and it just wasn't like, it seemed because, and I keep trying to parallel this with what I do now. What I do now is performative on purpose, right? If I'm not fucking keyed up and like in a mood, I don't put on a good show. And I'm just like anybody else, the people that I model, like Bill Maher, I am performing. That is what I do. I don't feel out of integrity performing because I'm not trying to really like, like, what are you getting? I'm going to make $6 off you a month on my Patreon. You know what I'm saying? I don't have like this thing. I'm not performing to try and convince anybody of anything besides like, I'm just fired up about these ideas that I care about. What I saw in personal development and from behind the scenes, like literally behind the fucking camera was like, this is a performance and this is based upon algorithms. This is based upon what's working. This is people ripping off quotes that aren't theirs and putting their name on them and sharing those everywhere. And I'm watching this happen and I'm seeing people get upset who are less famous than the people that I'm around and their ideas are getting ripped off and, and, and kind of um, repurposed under a different uh, um brand if you will and i was like this is just shady as shit and the thing was it wasn't like a person it was every single fucking time and that was frustrating to me because i'm like at what point at what point is it like is this ever really just for i don't know to to, to tackle big questions to have big conversations to just like not have an intention of like this many swipe ups or to make this many dollars like there's that's, that's the fun. That's the fun thing to yeah. me. That is, yeah. it's fun for me to go into an ayahuasca experience and not immediately ask myself afterwards, how I can monetize that for my brand. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, Oh man, how can I articulate this fucking profound experience I had in the best way to make me a few bucks? Like, give me a fucking break, dude. Like just keep it for yourself. And my, my philosophy, speaking of ayahuasca experiences, we're like, okay, cool. Every time I have one, I will have one good story that I will, that, that seems palatable right? For everybody that's like, oh, this is funny or this is cool or whatever. Or, this is like a part of the experience. But the rest of it was for me, mm -hmm. right? Because I, I do have to talk on the microphone about this shit and people want, you know, I can't just like all keep it all to myself. So I was like, what's a part of it that's kind of like a big lesson or whatever, but I don't like, I don't need to leverage my experience in that way to make myself sound so holier than thou, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was this kind of like hero worship bullshit, but that, that exists everywhere. So it just kind of it was a lot for me to handle and it was a lot for me to like, I also bore the brunt of a lot of the bullshit um, and the manipulation and felt it and had to like distance myself from it and doing like cord cutting meditations, which is funny. You just hear me say it, hear myself say that now. Like I was daily doing cord cutting meditations because of the experiences I had had. Okay. Pause there because <laughs> I want all of you to fucking be my fucking witness right now. I remind my community and some of our dear friends that Connor is the most woo-woo person and you don't get to see him like this. I get to hear these things and see these things. 
cord cutting meditations, Connor Moore. Which, okay. And which I love this. Here we so go. Much. Let's bring it back around. Let's talk about cord cutting meditations for a second. <laughs> Do they actually cut a cord that's energetically exists in the ether? Who the fuck knows? Who knows? And you know what? Guess what? It doesn't fucking matter. And if your brand is built on that being real, well, you're no different than a, than, than a, than a Christian that's relying on the Bible to be true. It's the exact same thing because you don't know. And if you can admit you don't know and understand, well, hey, it doesn't really matter, though. It doesn't matter if the medium told you something that was true from really from, you know, whoever in the, in the, who's passed on and getting real messages. It's what it does to you in this life right now today. Because when you die, you'll be surprised and you'll probably know a little more than what you know now or it'll, it'll all go dark and we'll be dead and that's it. Like, we don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And the uncertainty, I think a lot of this too is like the spiritual world in, uh, in so much of my experience, I saw this and said like, all right, you're, you're leveraging people's fear of uncertainty. You are the same as the Christian church. Ooh. You are the same. You're just doing it in a different way. And you may say fuck a little bit and you may have like four girlfriends or whatever the fuck it is that like makes you different. That makes you believe that you're different than the guy sitting up there in the fire and brimstone. But you're just leveraging people's fear of uncertainty instead of being like, hey, you know what? No one fucking knows. And if you just if you can do the work, which takes time to accept that, you're probably going to be happier. Because you got to let you get But there's a balance in that. There's a responsibility in that of being like, okay, nothing matters, but some things matter. And I've got to understand which ones those are. Mm-hmm. And that's a sorting in your life. That's like an audit of your life. That's very uncomfortable. Cause you may come down to realize like, well, my family just doesn't mean that much to me in my real value system. I value, if I do an honest value determination of like where my energy goes, like the way I'm, my life is manifesting, they don't. And that's like a, that's an, wouldn't it be easier to just be like, I need to just operate from a place of love and like rub my heart and sit in a circle and whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, can you just be fucking real with yourself for a second and have somebody in this? And the thing about it is too, in that world, and I'm mostly around men, it's like, and I do know people now after I've gotten some space from it that I, they don't operate this way. Correct. But, and I have a lot of respect for those people because it's much easier to go down the route of leveraging fear and, and, and playing them into victimhood in a different way mm-hmm. and offering solutions to problems that you have no under comprehension of. And that's a weird thing to do. It's a weird thing to do to people, right? And there's, there's, I don't know, and there's people in it too that I also recognize. And I think this is actually a goal. If you're, if you're in the, the spiritual slash personal development self-help space, your goal should be for your message to be more important than your physical life. That's the goal. What, did, what do you mean Eckhart by that? Tolle's message is more important than Eckhart Tolle the person. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it will go on. Yeah. It's bigger than him. Yeah. His flaws and his whatever don't get talked about. Right? Yeah. And also, I was also lucky in my spiritual development that I just happened to wander into Alan Watts at the very beginning. <laughs> Alan Watts was a womanizer who couldn't stop sleeping with other people's wives and drank himself to death. Wow. Like any philosopher should. That's how your life should go if you're dealing with the demons of things not mattering at all and understanding that we're all a part of this greater consciousness. And we're just like these apertures in which the universe views itself through and experiences itself through. So you're nothing more than the little frilly things on a dandelion. That's you. That's your life. That's it. That will fuck you up. Truly like, like understanding that will fuck you up for a little while. But that's where I am. And I, I don't, prescribed to Alan Watts most of what he says is so over my head and I don't get it 
that's why I have Connor. But that's kind of where I am. Before you talk anymore, I want to like go back because you just said a lot <laughs> and I loved all of it so much. So we also you. give you zero heads up for what we're talking no, about. That's so why, I kind of, but I kind that's of why. lose myself in it. That's why. So that is where I feel I am and have been. And the friends that I'm talking to as well behind the scenes and Katie, you know, on the show, we're all having similar experiences in that is we're kind of fucked up right now because we're getting like, we're getting a little bit of that. What matters? Why am I doing this? What is the point? And we're also seeing through these veils and calling out the bullshit for the first time. And we're seeing things and we're like, how did I get here? I asked you the other day when I was freaking out <laughs> if I was in a cult and if I was helping lead a cult. That's where I went. And I'm actually really proud of myself for asking myself those questions. I feel that it is incredibly healthy to have that discussion. And I also was, I have been in a place where I have felt that I know things. What do I know to a be deep, true? A deep sense of knowing. A deep sense of knowing, or I know ASMR. this for sure. <laughs> right. And I do believe that when we are divinely, you know, when we are connected to ourselves and to um, I can't even say that though. See, this is the thing. I don't have words anymore because I want to throw them all out the window because they don't make sense. When I'm, I want to say when I'm connected to my truth, but I don't know what that means anymore. I just know what people have said. And your truth is like a big thing that people say. I don't know what those words mean, but I, I do feel that we have a, a, a system within us that guides us an intuition, a guiding light, whatever that is. But I also believe that I don't believe in anything and that nothing is true or false or right or wrong. And I can't sit here and say, I know that doing a cord cutting ceremony is a real thing that works. Or my big thing with my little sisterhood circle that I got right now that the girls think is so funny that I keep bringing up is like, I got a bunch of rocks in my house that cost me a lot of fucking money. And I don't know if they do anything. And I feel like I got duped. Like that is where we are. But here's, can I cut you off? Yes. Everyone's getting duped. Getting duped is a part of life. Yes. And that's fine. <laughs> but to what extent and what are we even doing? This is so funny. I love this already. I know. But he, the thing is, it's like, <laughs> you, you, it kind of is nihilistic, but it's like, okay, let's just use, let's go back to your truth. Cause that one comes up all the time. Yeah. It, you, it probably meant something once. Now it's kind of like whatever. It's a term. It's right. a word. Language is fluid. This is why I get so angry when people like attach themselves to this word means this thing. And I'm like upset by this word. I'm like, dude, things mean lots of things from like a long time. You know I, I mean? just so they, learned that. What is it? I think it was whore used to actually mean priestess. Yeah, like maybe. four or 500 years it ago. Gets, it was the utmost respectable word for a woman. And then it gave women too much power. And so they made it a derogatory term. Like, yeah, so it's oh, like the origin. If you look at like the linguistics and like how things came to be like evolution, like things happen fast. And now since we have global communication and everything's like, like words evolve faster. Things mean like lit. Yeah. <laughs> like lit does not mean what it meant five years ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it is what it is. So like things change and the nomenclature changes. So like my truth, you need, if you're going to even use that word, you need to be very comfortable with the fact that your truth could probably be bullshit, right? Maybe it's not, maybe it's like, this is true to me, but there are things that can be true to you. 
There are also things that are objective truths, but those are few and far between, right? Like uh, Paul Selig says, what is true has always been true and will always be true. So if you look at truth through the parameters of that, right? There's like three things that are true. Right. <laughs> like, like universal law. Yeah. It's like there's, and, it, and we don't understand them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We try it. We grasp at understanding them and that ends up being, you know, exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. is trying to like get your fingers around a truth that you're not entitled to. That well, you, you know, as, as human beings, I feel like we don't even deserve. And the thing, I mean, I had a program called Her Truth. So sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I know more. Um, my mind changes from moment to moment. And the more I know and the more context I have and the more experiences I have, I can see through a different lens. And so what I feel to be true to me right now may feel different and may not be true for me tomorrow. Yes. And that is like evolving. That is growth. That is learning new things and maturing. But then I get confused because I had this conversation. I told you, I love this guy. I talked to you yesterday for his podcast. His podcast called Evan Flow. His name is Evan. So dope. That's a great name for a podcast. I know, as, right? as a professional in the field, I know. that's a great name. I was for a like, podcast. you're the best. <laughs> but Evan and I were talking about how we've gotten to a point very similar to you and I in our conversation of I just I, I don't feel like I can believe in anything and what even is truth. I can't attach myself to that because it is always changing and so rapidly. But it makes us feel comfortable to say, this is my truth, or I know this for sure. And it almost makes us an authority figure. And it's kind of like what you've been talking about this whole time. It's how can we separate ourselves and make us make ourselves more important, make ourselves authority figures, have people believe in us, create this fucking cult like mentality. And then I know I just posted this 10 minutes ago on Instagram, this whole thing about how people we put people on pedestals and we say, you know more than me. You have more followers than I do. Your website looks better. So you must have the truth. You must be the one connected to the divine. So now I'm going to follow you and listen to you rather than thinking, well, maybe they don't know jack shit. And maybe I'll take some of it and leave the rest and I'll just go on my journey. And none of it has to be quote unquote truth. You know, and, and here's what I, to speak to that, right? The nice website, the, you know, great video editing, all this shit, right? Um, the stuff that really matters when it comes to reaching an audience, spirituality and personal development. And this is coming from somebody who like is very interested in the way that finances work in the United States of America. Right. So this is kind of my other thing that I care about with what I used to do. Connor and his obsession with Bitcoin. I do love Bitcoin. And then he lost me three, three grand, but it's fine. You made it back. Oh, okay. You're back in the black, dude. I just called you. I just told you that earlier. Oh, I didn't understand that. Yeah, No, Bitcoin's on, (laughs) Bitcoin's making a run right now. Uh, no, but I'm saying like money, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Spirituality and personal development is so funny because in the rest of the world, maybe people who make a bunch of money, right? Look at Jeff Bezos. How many people, how many people love Jeff Bezos? Mm, right? Yeah. He's on the chopping block right yeah. now. <laughs> it's like, oh, you treat your workers like shit. People are pooping in bags to get my stuff here in time. People have to, you know, it's like you can't even create a deal with like Starbucks or something. You're the most powerful company in the world, really. I mean, more powerful than Walmart, I would say. You could replace Walmart tomorrow yeah. with Amazon. Oh, yeah. Right? So if it had to happen, um, they could just scale up and hire all those employees at, for minimum wage and, and they could shit in bags too. They could just give them bags to shit in. So you have the situation where it's like that, right? And you look at that and you say that, well, what about... The guru who makes a fuck ton of money, now their money, instead of being a sign of 
manipulating some people, maybe running some people over on the way, you know, the things that we usually ascribe to making money, but because they did it with pretty words and great video editing and they wrote a book and they bought 300 copies. Someone wrote a book for them. Yeah. Someone wrote a book for them. And they bought all the copies of their book themselves. In, in different in different cities so that it all worked out yep, and, yep. and they got the bestseller list. They did their thing. Like, no, that could never be the case because this person talks about integrity. Right. In it's the only it's the only it's the only industry where we're like, wow, this person is making way more money than everybody else. They must be just super great. They're so aligned. It's like, it's like, do you say that about hedge fund managers? <laughs> like it's fucking <laughs> Oh my God, I've never heard it fucking like this. this money, is so dude. Good. It's money. Oh. Like it is that's what makes the difference, right? If you fall out of a person and you've got a hundred million dollars in the bank account. You're going to be able to make better content than somebody who may have actually struggled in their life that didn't have to engineer their struggles to, 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 to have something to talk about. Right. And then we compare ourselves to these people who are, are who you're talking about. And we all think we're not good enough. What are we yeah. doing wrong? Why, why am I not that aligned? And is the divine not speaking yes. to me? And they're, and they're, and everyone is going to embellish their backstory. Yeah. Right. Let's take me, for example, like a, we have a fucking sick life right here. Okay. Now I could do this. There's two ways I can explain my backstory. My parents were drug addicts. I watched my mom get beat up when I was a kid. Um, I, it was super, uh, uh, unstable, right. Um, chaotic. Um, you know, I never knew what was going on. Like I could, I could explain my, I could, I could articulate my life in that way to the ends of the earth. Right. And then you can be like, man, this guy like did this thing. Or I could tell you, that my mom dropped me off with my grandparents who were incredibly stable and young because they had kids very young that were most people's parents' age. My granddad, who dropped out of the school in the seventh grade, became a millionaire, took care of us, gave me all the stability that most people don't have, right? Sent me to college, paid for it. I was the first person in my family to graduate college. Like, and all of that was because I just happened to be in that life. But I can explain it in two different ways depending on what I want you to think about me. And everybody else can do that too. Mm-hmm. You can do the thing, right? It's like, cause both of those things are true. Now what I try and do is say like, I am proud of my mother for dropping me off and my brothers off with my grandparents because she couldn't handle it. And I know that was really hard for her, probably the hardest decision ever, but it was the right thing to do. And I am incredibly proud of her for that. And who, who she's become as a person, I'm incredibly proud of as well. Mm-hmm. And that actually means more to me than giving you a sob story. So you think that I've come farther so I can get my, so I can get validated. From, from so I can be a, a self-made person, which is fucking bullshit, right? It's fucking bullshit. And so you can articulate your story whatever way you want to, to elicit whatever response you want. And you got to keep that in mind whenever you're listening to somebody's sob story, you know? And I don't want to like call names out, but there's one that I will because I know what goes on in the background and that's Lewis fucking house. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, dude, I, I've seen how you behave when the cameras aren't on you. And I've seen how you act and like, I'm not, I don't, I have very little sympathy that your, that your sister didn't let you crash on her couch for another year without paying rent in fucking Brentwood or wherever. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what? so like you were a fucking like, so you bought a hundred thousand Instagram followers at the right time. Like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, what are you providing to me now without that absent your fucking backstory? What are you providing for the world now? Stolen quotes. And- yeah. Stolen quotes. And somebody else wrote a book for you that you bragged about not reading. You bra- he, the motherfucker bragged about not reading his book until after it was already released. And that's the person. That's the, that's the fucking guy? That's the guru. That is the <laughs> Jeff Bezos of 
spirituality and personal development. Yeah. Wow, Connor, that was really good. How is it different, right? It's not. Now you can look it's at it. It's almost worse because Jeff Bezos doesn't pretend like he's a fucking shaman guru person. I know, but he pretends, I mean, you know, <sighs> he was like, you should, workers should not worry. Think about it as work-life balance. They should think about it as a circle. It's like, it's like, okay, this, it's, a circle. it's like, dude, you're so out of touch with the reality. This is the craziest shit ever. But oh. at the same time, it's like, okay. But and that's fine because that's the world. If do you want to live in a world where, where there's not evil and darkness and madness? Right. That's the most boring shit ever. Nerf it up. Like, why would you want to do that? Part of the beauty of life is navigating your own fucking bullshit, your own darkness, confronting it, sharing it with people in a very in a, in, a, in a healthy way, acknowledging it in other people, acknowledging it in the world, and and operating accordingly. Not living through fucking love and light as if that's a reality. Love and light is boring as shit. Boring as shit it's a it's it's a hallmark movie life it's like girl leaves her hometown and goes and gets engaged then comes back and like meets her high school boyfriend and he started a you know whatever like a, some kind of upholstery shop it's like sweet home alabama <laughs> it's like sweet home. exactly it's like okay gets cute do you want your life to be that way every day no like that's the, that's what makes it that's that's where the thrills and, the, and the, the, like the enjoyment and the the robustness of life come from it's like accepting that you're kind of a piece of shit that's fine. Okay. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those things. So to me, to, to whitewash that is, 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 is an atrocity. It's like, you're killing, you're killing the joy in it. And that's also a hard thing to wrangle too, right? It's like, well, the parts of me that I don't want to show are parts of me that I actually value. And that's, a, that's a thing to like wrap your mind around. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, oh, wow be the longest podcast of all time i mean we're only 29 minutes in right now <laughs> you just talk so fast um so if we don't if we shift to where you and i are talking about in that okay i don't i don't attach myself to any of these beliefs i don't sit here and say that is a definitive truth because i don't know then and this is where I get uncomfortable. Then where do we go in this unknown sort of gray area where we don't pretend like we have all the answers because we don't. And we're not really sure what's coming next, but we are in trust of something bigger than us. Like, like I, what do you do with all of this? What do you mean? It's kind of how you live your life, but I want you to put it into words <laughs> because this is not how I live my life. And this is where I've been struggling in the last couple of weeks is coming to this point where I'm like, you know what? There's just a lot of bullshit. And I've been doing a lot of things because people tell me I'm supposed to. And because if you're a good spiritual person, that's what you do. And this is your truth and this is what alignment means and this is embodiment and this is the answer to releasing the demons, whatever it is for you. If you come into a place where you don't ascribe to definitive answers and always knowing, where do you live then? Embodied. Shut the fuck up. No, I'm serious. Like what, like what, like that's what I'm saying is like, you're that that path that you're talking about doesn't work for people. What path? A lot of people. The, the path of like, uh, I don't know. I don't really know anything. And I'm probably kind of full of shit. Right. And like, I'm a human being and I'm not trying to. Here's okay. 
I think the error happens when you try to transcend your humanness. Mm, Katie said something like that the other day. That's so good. Right? It's like you are a human being living a human experience. You yeah. get 80 years of this, maybe if you're lucky. You know, if you're lucky, you get 80 good years. Mm -hmm. 60 of those are coherent, right? And then you get to go do whatever else it is. Maybe you know, I don't, I, don't I, can't I can't imagine death just being like done, you know? I just can't. So it's like, maybe it is. I, and I accept that. And that is what it is. I'm excited. I'm excited to be surprised by it. I'm not scared of it, but it's like, it is what it is. Let's see what happens. I've seen enough shit that could be my imagination. It, mm -hmm. could, it just could just be the drugs. I don't know, but it could also be something else. And I'm okay with that. Like all those possibilities work for me, but I'm also just uncomfortable with, I'm comfortable with uncertainty. And I also understand that my experience in life has prepared me to be comfortable with uncertainty because uncertainty is what I grew up with, mm -hmm. right? Part of my sob story. Uncertainty was, I think, curiosity came, my curiosity came from a fuck ton of uncertainty in my life, right? The light and the dark. I got a gift from something that I would have rather not have been a thing, mm -hmm. you know? And that's great. And that's under, I think understanding that is important. I think for me, and I, I don't have the answers for anybody, right? And this is the difference that I think, there, I think there's a, a, fine diff, a fine line between sharing your perspective and letting people do with it what they will and pretending to share answers. There's no sharing answers. Unless you're talking about a math test, there's no sharing answers, right? And so it's a, if you're sharing a perspective, which is what I always tried to do, it's like, this is what my experience was. Based on my experience, I see it this way, right? The experience that I've had in life shapes the amount of free will that I have, and it shapes the lens that I see the world through. So I understand that. So I try and get a diverse set of experiences, be well-rounded, trying to increase the amount of free will that I do have by giving myself more options to choose from when I go to make a decision in the very few decisions that we actually make that aren't predetermined by our, by our psyche and just acting out in a little facade to make us feel like we're making a decision anyways. Um, but I was prepared for that. Right. Uh, many people aren't, and I don't expect them to be right. Many people feel so comfortable in the Christian church, man. I think it's, I think it's silly, but many people love it. And you know what, dude, like I had this, like we talked about my mom with this thing. It's real to her. Just like what you believe is real to you and your whole sisterhood circle and what these other people believe it's, a, it's real to them. Right. The people that were in the jo the Jonestown mess, whatever the, the, the cult thing where they all drink the Kool-Aid mm -hmm. for most of those people, it was real to them, you know? Yeah. Like it's fucked up, but that's and the who's to say it's not. Is this, well, the aliens didn't come and pick them up. Well, but like <laughs> I even look at, I, I've been having this conversation a lot lately too, is cause you know, as spiritual people in this community at this point, modern spirituality, we sit on our high horse and say, well, this is correct. This is the way we're so enlightened. And I want to be like, but are we? Because maybe your mom is the enlightened one. Maybe your mom and the Bible and all of these things, maybe that is accurate. Like who well, no, am I to say the, that that's wrong? Here's the thing. It's like, when I talk to my mom about it, she's like, I just feel the Lord working through me. Right. I'm like, I'm good. There's yeah. many pathways to get there. Totally. Whether you want to meditate on a mountain and do breath work, or if you want to go jump in an ice bath, or if you want to, you know, chant the Vedas, like do whatever it is what you want to do. Man. I'm good with whatever makes you a kind, good human. As long as you're not hurting people other people. Well, and yeah. as long as you're not hurting people. And if you have enough stuff going on in your life where whatever your spiritual beliefs are, or just what makes you comfortable and what makes you feel better, what makes you feel like you can be grounded 
what makes you feel more in your body. Like these are things that's one thing like embodiment, right? Like it gets thrown around a lot, but like, that's a real thing. Like feeling like you're actually in your body. Yeah. And that's a very tangible thing. You know, like when you sit down to meditate for a little while, it's like, which is something I need to start doing more of. I've recently realized because I've gotten away from everything that I used to do. Uh, I was actually journaling about that, which is something else I've been getting away from. Um, Proud of you. (laughs) But you can feel in your body, you know, you know that feeling, right? Yeah. And that may be the same thing when my mom's singing, Lord, I lift your name on high. You like, guys, he just, knows all the Christian songs uh, dude, by I heart so and he many, does the dances and it makes me so happy. It's a vacation Bible school for years. Um, but yeah, I had that feeling there too. Uh-huh. So I get it. Yep. And if that's the limit that she goes to as far as like spiritual development and whatever, good. Because you know what? She's clean. She's happy. She's a good mom. So who cares? You know what I mean? Like yeah. to her, that was the thing. And this is something, think about, like, people go through depression and they find some kind of spiritual practice, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what the fuck it is, man. It could be Islam. <laughs> it could be Buddhism. Like, for my mom, it was Christianity. That was what she was around. She was an addict. She was struggling. She needed something to anchor her. She found the thing. Changed her fucking life. I don't give a shit if it's real. What I know, what's real to me, but my truth is, I got my fucking mom back. That was cool. Whether Jesus was actually the son of God or not, don't give a fuck. Does not matter to me at all. I can talk about it and I can like get frustrated with Christians for doing dumb shit. I don't care. But here we are. When I don't, because, about- because I used to try to be right with her. That was right. the thing. I tried to be like, oh, well, let me tell you how stupid your religion is. For what? I should be thanking whoever the fuck put that idea in her head. Because at the end of the day, my mom got clean. So I don't fucking care. Okay. I want to stop this just really fast because we need to talk about two things that I love. More than you. No, that's not possible. Okay. I always talk about how dehydrated I am at all points of so my life. Thirsty. Ooh. Damn. It's true. It's true. Like that good D. Um, we are huge fans of Element in this house. And I would like to just give the floor to you for a second, Connor, to share with everyone why you love Element because they're probably sick of hearing me talk about it, but you're going to do this and then we're going to give them my code. Yeah, because whatever. this is my you show. Can leverage, you can leverage my, I'm by leveraging the way, you. Of all the people that Element sponsors, I know they love my ads the most. They do, you guys. They literally only talk about Connor's ads. They're so great. Uh, but no, here's the deal. Like with me, me with Element, we have this very, we have an intimate relationship. Element spends a lot of time inside of me. And. <laughs> And so I don't, I don't, one, I, from my history in the, in the world, like I love Rob Wolf. I think Rob Wolf is great. Like he changed my life fitness or uh, health wise still to this day. And he's kind of a libertarian too, which like, he's like, he, he'll every now and then he'll like get political, which I'm like, Ooh, what do you, what does he think about things? Cause it, the, the business of agriculture and stuff like that, like I just respect the way the guy's fucking brain works and what he's been through and how he got there. And, and so when he puts something out, I'm like, Oh, Rob will put it out. Like he doesn't, he doesn't just do that. Right. But there's some companies out there, one that I might've worked for that just like puts things out. Right. Just like, well, here's some stuff, you know, it may or may not work. We did a trial thing maybe once. It's like, that's not at all what this is. It's like, all right, here's the things that you need in your fucking body. If you sweat a lot, if you want to be a high performer, right. If you live at high altitudes or in a lot of humidity, like, there's so many things that impact your hydration levels and we're not getting enough magnesium, right? Things like that. Electrolytes, like the stuff that's like you, it's definitely not going to hurt and it's fucking delicious. Like I drink so much more water yes. and we live at altitude, right? So, and I spend a lot of time hiking in the backcountry and stuff like that. Like when I was out at total archery challenge, we're probably putting in like not crazy mileage, like maybe seven or eight miles, uh, mostly downhill. 
but it was hot and we're sweating. Dude, like whenever that element hits your body, it's like it's similar in, in a weird way to drinking bone broth. Yeah. You ever had a bone broth where you, your body goes like, oh my God, thank you. It's like <laughs> inside of you, it's like, yes, we needed this. Like that's what <laughs> element feels like as it like rolls down your throat and like enters your body and just like absorbs into your divine consciousness. And it's just, a, it's a beautiful experience. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's like ingesting the divine mother, Kelly. That's what it is. Wow. That's what element is. Guaranteed. No one's ever said that about <laughs> element before. <laughs> No, but and that's true. the thing is like they put Rob Wolf is a no bullshit guy. And he's also a kind of minimalist with his nutrition, right? So there's not a bunch of bullshit in there. There's no sugar in there. No it's artificial ingredients. Nothing. It's as clean as it gets. It's, a, it's an easy packet. They, and the, the, they sell them in big enough packets where you don't have to buy them all the time. Like just get a big ass box of watermelon or lemon habanero or whatever is whatever flavors, you know, scratches of the itch for you. And you can do tons of stuff with it. You can make cocktails. You can. You know, you can do, make them strong. You make them kind of, you like it a little bit more water, watery than I do. Like I like it a little bit stronger than you do, mm -hmm. but it's easy to figure that out. And certain flavors are like watermelon in the morning for some oh. reason is kick ass. Okay. The chocolate one, when it's cold outside at night, hot chocolate style, it's fucking legit. And it helps curve cravings, which I have an issue with. My, I'm a snack daddy over here. Snack daddy. It's a problem, but it's like oh. if I can get a little something sweet at night, that's also hydrating. Boom. That's good. And that's good. That's good. That helps me whenever I'm, whenever I'm feeling that urge. It's true. So we would love for you guys to try out element and get all the good electrolytes. If you go to, uh, what the fuck is the drink element, drink element. I almost like get element, drink element.com <laughs> drink lmnt.com. Use the code Kelly T you'll get a sample pack for just $5. So you get eight different flavors. You can try them out and then decide which giant boxes you're going to buy because you're going to, and just then you're going to gonna the, come yell watermelon, at me. Dude. Watermelon, grapefruit though. Oh, it's good, but watermelon's like watermelon is a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Okay. So the other thing that we absolutely love in this house is Organifi. And I was saying this the other day to some friends because we have people over all the time and they always think like we're lying or something. And so they asked me, do you actually like Organifi? Do you really use it? And they go in our pantry and they're like, never mind. <laughs> we use literally everything Organifi makes. I'm so grateful that they send these things to us. Um, but I really believe in this brand. And I right now uh, am obsessed with all of the protein powders. They are giving me life. So I want you to talk about your favorite Organifi though, babe. No, I like the I like the protein powders the best. Yeah. The other stuff like the um the gold, uh, the gold the turmeric one. Yeah, the gold. Yeah, I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I the funny thing is I like it in the wintertime. Yes. Because I like it warm. Uh-huh. But I've had a lot of plant-based protein powders, which I in full disclosure prefer like a whey protein if i'm really like actually working out but if i just want like a snack or something like that there's very few plant-based proteins that i've ever had that i'm like oh that's actually good or that blend like one thing they don't blend at all like it, when you totally. put it in a blender with chalky. ice it's like and it like breaks into pieces like that actually comes out like silky smooth like you got something at like a smoothie cake or something like that yeah and that's what i was like when i did try it the very first time i actually had a job interview with organifi i had a job offer from organifi actually oh and i loved and the people there were super super cool like it was a really fun all that to say their company is really rad and the people that work there are awesome. But that protein powder, like all the flavors, yeah, all the flavors are legit. Chocolate, vanilla, it's yeah. fantastic. We love it. And I also want to remind everyone, so they brought Glow Back, which is their collagen product, um, and it tastes like raspberry lemonade. And 
I am someone who I've had bad experiences with collagen. I don't know about you, but same kind of idea. It doesn't blend. It gets kind of like chunky and um, mm-hmm. almost like gelatinous. It's just really gross. Well, it's hard. It's probably hard to do that with collagen too. Totally. Like must have a good process. Well, and this is plant-based collagen, which you can't find oh. anywhere. And it's the like highest quality you can get. Um, and they have, they use a lot of mushrooms in the, in the glow product, which I didn't realize hydrates you like five times more than anything else. So if you're, if you're looking for something with like hyaluronic acid, mushrooms, collagen, glow is the best and it tastes amazing. I don't even know if you've had it yet. It's, I don't think I haven't. It's I, pink. I get, mo- it's, I get it's most of my collagen. Yeah. I get most of my collagen from just chewing elk bones. That's really gross. Just raw elk bones. So <laughs> I highly recommend checking out glow as well. If you haven't tried it, it is absolutely amazing. Uh, if you go to organifi.com slash Kelly T O R G A N I F I.com slash Kelly T you'll get 20% off because we love you so much. All right, let's get back into it. I want to go back to something you were saying, cause this is a realization that I had a couple of days ago and I haven't really verbalized it at all. Um, and I think it's, it speaks to where I am with this show and everything that I'm not creating um, is what I notice is that what you were saying is it's about sharing your experience and allowing people to do whatever they do. Like you're detached from what their, their outcome, right? Their actions. I didn't even know, didn't even realize I have been telling people what to do and I've been extremely attached to their action and to the outcomes. And it made me feel like I knew something that they didn't know or like I felt more important or more valuable because I had some answers and I was, of course, wanting to help people. That is always at the core of who I am. I'm not I'm not saying like, hey, guys, by the way, I'm some crazy person who's trying to (laughs) manipulate you. But I am calling myself out because I've noticed that part of what I've been doing is for my own comfort. And that is telling people what to do because that makes me feel safe. Yeah, but you got to also be gracious with yourself here, right? Because we talk about experience and like that creating the lens at which you see the world through. If you have a, a connection with somebody, like if you tell me what you think I should do, I'm going to listen. You know me better than I know myself in many ways. Mm-hmm. And I know you better than you know yourself in many ways. It's part of a, a healthy relationship, in my opinion, right? Because yeah. I don't have whatever I can, I can ob- relatively objectively, it's not truly objective, but like relatively objectively view you and you can do the same to me. So it's like, I accept that. And if somebody you know, like somebody when you're a client or something like that, trusts you, Right. And mm-hmm. you aren't doing it if you had a nefarious intention and somebody asks you what they should do, you can tell them what you think they should do. Right. That's not a pro that's not a problem. Right. I can because you can maybe you've been especially when it comes to like business type stuff, like business coaching or helping somebody with their brand, like that's stuff that we do with Soulfire, right? It's like, yeah, I, I see where you're headed and where you're going. And I like I know what the next step is. Yeah. So you need to like focus on this thing or whatever it whatever it may be. It's when it becomes like Un- intangible I think is when it gets weird it's when it's like you should feel this way mm-hmm. that's, that's a very different thing than like you should focus on your email list you know what I'm saying like those are it's it's when it gets into the and this is where spirituality tends to go it's like it gets into the unfalsifiable and it gets to the into like well maybe I feel better maybe I don't that kind of thing well and I think too I mean thank you for that reflection I think I'm very hard on myself um I'm just noticing things 
You're about to cry. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I know that breath. <laughs> it's just like. I don't even I'm not even sure how to verbalize it, but what it feels like in my body right now is I think I thought I had a lot of answers and so I was telling people what I thought and what felt right. And now I feel kind of I feel really guilty. Not that I felt like I misled anyone, but I think that I just feel like I don't know a lot now that I thought I knew. And so I feel like I've been like taking people on this journey. Maybe I'm just being too hard on myself, but I feel like I've been taking people on this journey and now I'm kind of like, but like, does that make sense? Do do I believe that? I feel like I'm shifting away from so many of the things that I thought were true or that I believed or that I attached myself to. And I was so like gung ho on so many things. And now I'm kind of like, fuck man. Like I feel like I'm starting over in a lot of ways. And I've been honest and transparent the whole time. And I do, I do feel like I'm incredibly like honest and integrity. That's so important to me. And so it's not that I've been out of integrity this whole time. It's just like I, I see more now and I have more awareness now. And so I feel like I know less. Oh. And so I'm just having like a hard time <laughs> grappling with this. Does that make sense? That's a thing. What is that? It's called the, um, I forget what it's called, but it's, it's like, it's a curve, right? So essentially when you start to learn about a thing, you have a lot of hubris about how much you know about a thing, right? Then the more you learn, the more you understand you don't know. And there's like this long curve of like, you're at the bottom of, you're at the bottom of that dip right now. And somebody out there knows what this is called. And I, I, it's been shared around a lot because we're seeing a lot of this right now in, in the world, but it's like this fast up, like, Oh, I know a lot of things. I know a lot about this thing. And then it's like, Oh shit. No, I don't know. I don't fuck, 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 fuck. And then you like get to this point where you're at right now. And then you're able to shed some bullshit and like ground in what actually fucking matters, which is good. You don't want to carry all like whatever your journey is in this thing that you're doing here for either one of us. You don't want to carry a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. You don't want to carry a bunch of ideas that don't really actually mean anything to you, but they were like validating for some reason. Like it's a shedding time. Yeah. And with that, you create some space in yourself and it's kind of this, this chaos stability cycle, right? Like what you've been very stable. One of the things about our relationship, like I'm chaos, your stability body right <laughs> but uh it works and it works out that way it's like that's more fun right mm-hmm. and and it's it's challenging on both sides and it, it holds people to a, to account um but i think where you're at right now is like you're, you're at you're at the you're in the dip right where it's like okay maybe and you know how beautiful it is to be like maybe i don't know as much as i did yeah you're 33 years old right mm-hmm. at 33 most people should go, man, maybe I don't know as much as I did the same way you did when you were 24. You know, I knew everything when I was 26. Yeah. I knew everything until I exploded a business and like blew myself up and like was in debt and then freaked out and didn't have a job. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but until that moment, I was the smartest motherfucker on the planet. Right. So it's like, that's a, that's a beautiful place to be. It's a shift of perspective to be like, okay, this is actually something I should be grateful for, which you will be. I don't need to tell you that. And I am grateful for it. I just, yeah, keep going. 
No, but I think, and I think that's just a place that we all need to get to, right? Because as hard as this is, like this, the, the, the understanding and the lessons have kind of come easy, right? And fast, like drinking out of a fire hose. You know, it was like, do this, change your life, this thing, ayahuasca, whatever, spiritual awakening, blah, da da da, sexuality, somatic healing, da 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 da. And then it's like, move houses, move to Denver, move again, over here, do Getting this, put engaged. a floor in, yeah. get a dog, dog dies, get another dog. Like uh, emotional roller coaster, you know, it's cr- been crazy. And it's like, we're out here now. Oh, we out here. We out here. <laughs> and it's like, all right, you can like breathe and reflect on this stuff, which is something that's, that's beautiful in itself. And you get to like reevaluate the structure of your own belief systems, which is something that's going to happen to you often because that's growth. That's just, that's a, that's, that's a, that's, that's a growing pain. That's all it is. You know, it's like, that's just, that's. Look at you coaching Connor. I know, but it is. I mean, that's, that's all it is really at the end of the day. And it's like, that's a thing. And you just lean into it. And it's like, okay, like challenge to fucking challenge your beliefs. You know, that's one of the biggest problems with Christianity is that, like, that people just don't like to challenge it. Like, well, I don't want to really worship a God who doesn't really want to be challenged. Like doesn't say a lot for the rope, you know, <laughs> the, the staying power of that deity. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he's a little insecure if he doesn't want to be questioned. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think questioning your own beliefs about all kinds of stuff, and we've done a lot of that, but yeah. now it's things that you've now, and that's the difference in being in this, like if you were just a person, like you may have a little bit of an existential crisis, but you're not doing it on a podcast. Right. You know what I mean? Well, everybody has a podcast now, so yeah. actually most people would be doing it on the podcast, but it's something may work out with your therapist, which I know you, you do and like these things, but you're not having to articulate it in a, in a way and you're not feeling like the guilt of maybe feeling like you misguided people, which I don't think you did at all. I, I hear your stuff. I see what you put out in the world. It's not like you were like, everybody needs to quit their job and get a van and like travel around the world and like spend their life savings, you know? So I want to talk about this because thank you for saying all of that. And I always love when you go into coaching Connor mode because I think you're incredible. Um, but there's two things that have come up for me that I've realized. One is when I left television, because not just because I left my career, but because I came out about my sexual assault experience, I burned every bridge Mm. and I lost what felt like everything. A career I had worked 15 years for, um, all of my colleagues, many of my friends, my identity, everything I had built. And I felt very lost and I didn't know where I belonged. And at that time, especially, it still matters to me now. I think belonging matters to all of us, but more so the validation and needing to be accepted was still super important to me. And so I remember when I, and I hadn't thought about this until last week when I, I told you, I was like, oh my God, I figured it out. <laughs> I'm like, ah, um, when I left TV and I moved into this personal development, spiritual space, I was looking for somewhere to belong, for somewhere to land, for somewhere to be accepted. And the funny thing is, when I was in TV, all I did was conform and be who they wanted me to be. I've talked ad nauseum about that in every way. I just was that person for people. And I swore that I would never betray myself again in that way because it was so toxic that my body shut down. 
And because I moved into spirituality and I was looking for a community and I looked to belong, I conformed again. But because it wasn't a spiritual personal development space, I was able to justify it. It was like, oh, but it's for the good of humanity and my highest (laughs) self. And I noticed this last week that, of course, words bother me now. Of course, all this bullshit bothers me because I have betrayed myself and what what is best for me to do what other people tell me to do and be how other people tell me to be. I'm I'm trying to be like the good spiritual person and buy the crystal. This is why crystals make me mad right now. And I call them expensive rocks because I'm like, I bought the crystals. I bought the Oracle decks. I did the meditation. I, you know, titled my episode this way because this is what people want to click on in the spiritual space. I did all the things. I was the person you told me to be. And now I'm fucking angry. I've been really angry the last few weeks and I couldn't pinpoint it. And this is the other part is this betrayal caused me so much anger and I'm now connecting the dots. And I don't even know why I started talking about this, but maybe you can bring me back. But I realized that there's a level of conforming and there's a level of anger with myself for betraying myself for once again, just following along and doing what other people tell me to do rather than truly forging my own path. Now, Many people listening and probably who are on Instagram and see my shit are like, you, you're so different. Like you just say things that no one else says. And I appreciate that. And I get that as like feedback based on what I'm saying. And at the same time, it still doesn't feel like mine. The last few posts feel like mine. The last few shows feel like mine because I'm actually fucking really being myself. Like this is genuinely how I am. For now, yeah. Right. Exactly. But that's the other thing is like, but what the fuck is that? Life, dude. And I want to, okay, so let's go back to this anger with yourself. And this is just a, maybe a projection, maybe not. Is it anger or is it resentment? Both. Well, Can it be both? What's the maybe. difference? I mean, I was really angry. But it's because I resented myself and other people. Oh, this is what I was trying to get to is the way we, I was angry or resentful of myself. You can help me figure that out in a second for putting other people on pedestals and trusting people rather than trusting other people rather than trusting myself. And I was like, why didn't I just trust myself? Why didn't I follow myself? Why have I been just doing this other stuff and trusting other people? That's where the resentment comes in. The getting, I feel like I've been duped by fucking all the things and all the people. And I feel like I betrayed myself. That's part of it, though. I don't think it's something that's like, like you went in, so you left TV, did the whole thing, whatever. You went to something new. Yeah. And what do you do when you go to something new? You kind of gravitate to people who, you gravitate to people who seem like they know what the fuck they're doing. Right. You know what I mean? But the problem with that is that I just like put all my trust in them rather than in myself. That's a process because you, you like, what are you, are you just going to like on day one, start trusting yourself when it came to your like, no, cause I didn't even know what trusting myself meant. Exactly. Right. So, so in some back ass word way, <laughs> in some back ass word way, you're going to be able to find some gratitude for anybody who duped you. 
right? Or anybody, whatever, whatever it is. Well, for your expensive rocks, totally. instead of think, instead of thinking that they're like clearing your chakras, you can walk by and like giggle at them because you're like, wow, that was a three hundred dollar rock. I do. There's the one in our bedroom was so expensive, and I was like, <laughs> I'm like, that's so stupid. But also, maybe it works, and I don't even know. But oh, the, so I I had a reading with um this like psychic medium that. Uh, she works with a lot of the girls um, and she's been amazing for me and she's 20 years older than I am. And she's, she kind of takes that mentor role. Right. And she's very no bullshit, very grounded. And we were talking and she, she was telling me like, it's okay. Like this is very healthy. And then she asked me a really important question and it like gut punched me, but it was so great. She said, I have to ask you, why do you feel you have to call these people out or call out this spiritual space? Do you feel this need to be a martyr? Why do you feel a need to rescue and save people? I was like, damn. Yeah. I have a very big tendency to rescue and save. And I have definitely been a martyr in my life. And that has been a part of my identity. And she was like, okay. So with knowing that, can you also hold an understanding that fake shamans and people guiding people on paths that you don't agree with are also just as important because they're on their path. They're having their experience. And maybe the fake shaman who is lying to everyone is also in their awakening process. And all of the people that they're quote unquote leading are also in their awakening process and they need someone who's full of shit to help them they, wake up. People need a fake shaman sometimes. Right. And I was like, oh, like how like, much what that... if all these people were just as important as people who are in integrity? Yeah. And I hadn't thought of that. I was just so mad and I just want to protect everyone and I don't want to fe- anyone to feel taken advantage of. And I want everyone to be safe and held and fuck man. Like that's so important to me. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, we all got, you know, you got to date bad guys before you find the love of your life. You get to marry in a couple months and (laughs) you got, you got to kiss all the frogs before you find the prince. And I feel like it's the same here, but I just hadn't seen it that way. And it was, it was hard to hear that. And I don't know, but it makes sense. It does make sense. Well, that's the thing. It's like, like I said, you don't want to live in a, I, I don't want to live in a world where there aren't fake shamans and Jeff Bezos is right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Lewis houses. Like it's, it's funny to me now. I don't have any, like there's not a lot of anger there. There was, there was, I was, there was jealousy there for a long time. Cause I'm like, this is horseshit. Um, but at the end of the day, I'm like, okay. And like his message is more important than he is as a person. So that's cool. Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's fine. If people get, something out of it then people get something out of it you know what preston smiles posted today and i was like i feel attacked um it was something about how it what everyone else is doing is none of your business and it doesn't even matter why are you even paying attention to it and i've heard that before but it was just so timing so such perfect timing so reflective of where i am and i just kept thinking why am i so focused on people out of integrity or a space out of integrity or anything anyone else is doing if I took that energy, this was part of his post too, is if I took that energy 
away from putting it out on other people and projecting or whatever I'm doing. And I brought it back to myself. Maybe I would find more of my truth. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, maybe. And that's the thing is like, it's not, again, it's not your responsibility. Now, if somebody has a bad experience and like reaches out to you, well then, yeah, then it's your responsibility to, to help that person right. or point that person in the right direction. But it's just not. And maybe, dude, people thrive in fake spirituality, man. Like, I know. There's all kinds of people that are like, I mean, the uh, Nexium. That actually helped people's lives be better. Aside from the sex cult part, was seem seemingly pretty legit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> until it wasn't. But now those people have the lessons. And if you want to listen to them and be like, well, what was the pattern? How did how'd they know? Like, when did things start to get sideways? There's, there's plenty of, there's plenty of resources out there. You want to know about it? Here you go. Is, is your guru kind of similar? Is it got a little something there? Well, then that's on you at that point. But people have to take responsibility for themselves, you know? And I think that's one thing that, <laughs> not to be um, uh, a libertarian here, but like personal responsibility. And that comes through fucking up. And if you see the people who tend to gravitate towards fake shamans, who like to bang drums over rich white people um, in, in, in LA, right? Who gravitates towards them? People who know darkness are people who are unfamiliar, right? Do you see me going into someone who's like, who is someone like that and being like, can you drum over me so I can have, a, you can exercise the demons from me, please, sir? Like, no, fuck no, dude. I know I, I've, I've been around fucking con men my whole life. <laughs> I fucking know what's up. You know what I'm saying? I've been around, around drug dealers and shit. Like I, I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm acquainted with it but when you're not you're going to find out somehow. And I had this experience the other day. I was with a friend and she was telling me about a, an, a mushroom experience she had with a facilitator. And it made me very uncomfortable because it sounded very dangerous and very out of integrity. And I, was really frustrated. And I shared that with her. I was like, that doesn't feel that I don't feel like that person should be facilitating. That feels really out of integrity. And she said it changed my life and it was one of the best nights of my life and I wouldn't change it for anything. And I left that feeling really shitty because I thought, who the fuck am I to tell her that that is not an okay experience when it helped her so much. It helped her have epic awarenesses that changed her life and she loved it. Who am I to say that that's wrong? No one. No one. And I was like, <laughs> damn. And this was part of the me telling people what to do. It's not my job or it's not my role to say that's not okay. Don't do that. She didn't ask me, first of all. And second of all, she had a great time and she is safe and everything is great. Do I want to participate with that person? No. And that's my choice. When we do that, I mean, there's people that we, there's people that have common interest to me that are in our friend group that do things as a business or whatever that I'm like, I, I, I have, I don't understand why someone would want to do that. But when I watch, <laughs> when I watch them do the thing, I'm like, wow, they seem to be having a great time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I, who the fuck am I, dude? Totally. People, people like the movie Frozen. I don't know why. It doesn't make any goddamn sense to me at all, but people like it. So I mean, I, I talk about this with my friends all the time. What you do for a living seems insane. And overwhelming and stressful and not fun at all. And you just have the best damn time out here in your new studio all by yourself, Connor. <laughs> and I'm like, how does he live in that? And all of our friends ask me, is Connor okay? 
is he all right doing this all the time? Like, this feels like a lot. The answer is how does no. he, how does he know all of this? And my response is, I wish he meditated more, but he seems to be doing great and he's really happy. And he's very much in his zone of genius, but it's the same thing. Like I would never choose to do what you do, but just like you would never choose to do what I do at this point. Yeah. It's just, it's what's best for you. And well, it's, what's it's, best also, for me. it's also who you look up to, right? It's like, it's like I resonate with comedians for a certain, for an example, because they're all uh, psychopaths. Right. Yeah. They're, like they're all, if you're funny, if you're like good at doing the thing, like you're a fucking crazy person, which honestly, if I could go back and do it all again, I just would have gone that direction. Cause I yeah. was like, Oh, here's my people. Like, yeah. We're all fucking broken and weird. <laughs> it's like, let's, you know, let's make jokes and be a clown for everyone until we decide to like jump off a building at 40. You know, oh, wow. it's like, that's, that's, that's how it goes. It's weird, man. It's a weird world, but like for whatever that feels comfortable to me. Uh, but there those that's because you're very comfortable with your darkness and all those people are comfortable with their darkness because that is where their, or their fucking comedy comes from. Incredibly uncomfortable with it and that's where their comedy comes yeah, from. Yeah, true. It just depends, right? But they know it. You they know it. Right? The best self-help podcasts in the uh, in the world are comedians talking about how fucked up they are. Yeah. Cuz at least you walk away from being like god, at least at least I'm not that fucked up. You know what I mean? And like, they're honest. Yeah, like Theo Von, Theo Von for example. You loved his comedy when we went and saw him live. The dude is so honest and transparent about addiction. Yeah. Struggles with his dad being, his dad was like 70 when he was born. So like, you know, like stuff like that. Like he, he gets super vulnerable, super honest about what he's gone through and issues with the relationships and sex addiction. Like just, it's like, he's a, he fucking, he's a fucking, he talks about a kid who used to bury shit in his backyard. He's a comedian. Mm -hmm. And, and this guy is out here like going to meetings, showing up, Inviting other people to meetings. You know what I mean? Like helping people get clean, inspiring people to get clean. You know, I don't know any, I, I can't think of anybody else who reaches that scale, you know, that that's that vulnerable. And isn't even, he's not, he doesn't pretend to be a professional. Yeah. You know, he, the, the closest thing he does to, 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 to being a professional is, is reading better help ads on his show. Yeah. I you mean, know? the only, I can, th- I mean, Dax Shepard, I feel like Dax, yeah. He's very Another close one. to that. Yeah. So incredible how transparent he is. And a lot of that, a lot of that comes from addiction, which is a, right. a, a manifestation of some fucking dark shit. Yes. You know, and that's uh, to me, like that's it, that is more comfortable for me mm-hmm. acknowledging my like divine essence or whatever, like makes me super uncomfortable, but like getting into the fucking shadows. I'm like, hell yeah. That's why, that's why I always, whenever we're on psychedelics, you're like, I don't like penis envy mushrooms. I'm like, bring on shadows. Hello, darkness, my old friend. It's, I don't know why. It's just a thing. Yeah. But it's also what makes human nature what it is. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm very much in my human experience. That's whatever this life is. If I live another one later on, maybe I'll be a, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll operate from love and light and be an angel. I don't know. But who knows? It's just weird. It's a, it's a weird deal. It's a, we're, we're just we're just confused fucking monkeys running around, dude. And we pretend so like we're true. not because we have iPhones. Yeah. You know, it's it's just the, the, the addiction to certainty or 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 static like the static nature like nothing is static yeah like straight lines don't exist in nature really mm-hmm. on a small scale and rocks and shit that tree outside isn't straight look kind of looks straight ish but it's not it's wiggly alan watts the wiggly world you don't understand much of it but like the world is made of fucking wiggles <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like i should title the show that <laughs> you're a little you're a wiggly little bitch you know we're, we're, wiggly, we're wiggly. You know, like the Wiggles were onto something. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Hot potato, hot potato, or smash, whatever it is. <laughs> smash potato, smash. The people out there will know it. How especially do you parents. know that? I used to watch it with my cousins. Oh, that's right. Smash banana, smash banana. That whole thing. Yeah. Oh wow. The Wiggles, dude. I can't profound. wait to have kids with you. 
Oh, dude, we're going to sing all kinds of cute little kid songs. Mm-hmm. Um, bad Spanish. We okay. in South Park. We could talk for so long. Taco, taco, pico. Um, <laughs> Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> um, <laughs> here's a thing I want to end with. Because this is part of why I think I chose to be with you. Because you're so amazing at this. I thought it was my bone structure. I thought you were going to say my boner. <laughs> <laughs> It's both your boner and your bone structure. Um, You are so incredible at not taking things so seriously. And I remember you talking about this even before I met you in person because I binged your podcast like a psycho and I can't believe you're going to marry me now. Um, And I remember you just talking about how part of your psychedelic experience as well was you learning that like it's almost like this cosmic joke, like nothing is meant to be taken super seriously. Like you're part of your role and purpose is to bring the lightheartedness and the play to all of this. And I didn't really understand it then, but in the last six months, I think it's really dawned on me how important that is. And I've done everything I can to integrate that more into my being and my life. And I wouldn't say that I'm amazing at it by any means. But I think I've gotten a lot better at it and I'm a lot happier because of it and not taking every little thing so seriously and just being here to play and enjoy life. So can you tell me how you live in that space? I totally had something to say. Sorry, I talked a lot. No, I was like, I got it. I got it. Um, Haley, edit this out. Leave it. No. Um, dude, I have not drawn a blank in a conversation. I was talking about how, how you infuse play psychedelics helped you understand that it's like a cosmic joke, not to take things too seriously. Let's see where it goes. So there was definitely a time and like, I took things way too seriously for too long. And I like, I definitely, that's why I asked if it was resentment of yourself. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I resented myself for many things. Right. Mm. Um, arrogance was kind of bravado, like thinking I had the answers when I was it's too young to even have comprehend what the answers would have been, you know? And I got like the, my, my pathway to like not taking shit seriously. And there's a couple of things. One was I had a colossal failure like a colossal embarrassing failure. And I was actually talking to my, my best friend Lindsay's in town. And I was, I was like, I wonder what would have happened if I would have just stuck with fitness. Cause I almost did. I almost stayed in the fitness strength conditioning world. And I was good at it. I was very good. And I knowing what I know now, right? The way we run businesses, like if, it would, if I would have stayed online with a low overhead, high margin business, I probably would have never left. I would have just kept doing the thing um, versus like opening an actual brick and mortar and doing that whole thing, which, which collapsed. Um, for a bunch of reasons that I take responsibility for, but that colossal failure had me one, like deal with a lot. Like I have this journal, um, right up here, but oh, it's over there. I call it the oh shit journal. And the first, uh, the sentence in there was me talking about how, how I felt. And I didn't understand at the time I was like, I was like, I'm not depressed, but, and then I just go on to like explain how I'm depressed. Like I'm experiencing like deep depression and I was in it. So I didn't really, it took me getting out of it to like see that, but I resented the fuck out of myself for a long, long time. And I had taken myself serious. Like you need to own a business. You need to do this. You need to like 
make the CrossFit games, you need to get whatever the fuck it was, you know, like be better than everybody else. Like my, I literally had my knee sleeves said, beat everyone on them. That's what like, that was like my kind of go-to mantra, which is silly now looking at it, you know, I probably need a little bit more of that in my life than anything, but I was so broken down after that. And like, just so confused because I did what I was supposed to do. Mm. I like did the thing. This is where I, this was my goal since I was like 16 and I'm now I'm 26 and I like pulled it off and it's going to work. And, you know, maybe I did, you know, maybe that lease wasn't very good that I signed. And maybe I shouldn't have personally guaranteed, like all this stuff that I've talked about on podcasts that Jason Kalipa had me on to be like, what's it like to have a huge failure? I'm like, uh, it's not, not lit, dude. <laughs> it's not lit. So after that, I had to seriously reevaluate, like seriously reevaluate. And honestly, so much of it came from a little bit of mushrooms and Alan Watts, a little bit at a time over a long period of time. And this, yeah, like I said, like comfort with uncertainty and also realizing that what my life was supposed to be. And I think this is where you and I are different. What my life was looking at what my life was supposed to be. If I would have followed the plan, like the plan that was made for me, I don't, I, I have a hard time believing I wouldn't have killed myself, Mm. which is something I've already like I've struggled with in the past. Um, for brief times. Uh, but in that situation, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how I, I don't know how I would, I can't comprehend how I would have avoided it in that situation. Knowing that I came from this small town that I didn't fit in and not that it was too small for me or not that people in small towns are like that. I think that all that like self-righteous bullshit is, is unhelpful and, and, and actually hurtful to our society, but like it didn't fit me. And I was supposed to be there and I was supposed to work in oil and gas. And that's what I was going to do. And I was going to make a fuck ton of money. I was going to, that's life. And I chose a different way. And that led me into like a bunch of uncertainty and a lot of chaos and a lot of failure and, and and a lot of wins and a lot of great people that have changed my life little by little here and there, you know, introducing me to mushrooms, Mike Bledsoe. It's kooky and weird as fuck now. But like at the time he was like, he was a mentor to me and I love him still to death. He's, he's weird, but he knows he's weird. So it's fun to be around him. (laughs) And, uh, I hope a few people out there know who he is, but, um, like introduced me to mushrooms and introduced me to these different things. And, and I got a chance through psychedelics really to step outside of myself and just kind of observe and look at it and be like, all right, dude, like really like why, why, like why, why are you so steadfast on this thing? And what happens then? What happens if you get there? And I had that, I had that, 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 that conversation with myself, like as a, as a competitive like athlete, and you know what this is like, think about this, you know, when you played volleyball, it's like, okay, let's just, let's bypass college. You go to the Olympics, right? You win the gold medal. Then what? Mm-hmm. And I had that on mushrooms, had that. I was like, you go to the, <laughs> like, like, this is outside the realm of possibility. Like I was very much a team competitor in the strength sport game. It's like, okay, you go to the CrossFit Games as an individual, which is impossible. You win, you beat Rich Froning, right? Like some shit, crazy shit happens. Are you going to be happy then? Like really feeling that, you're going to be happy then? And the answer was, fuck no, no, no. I'd have some money and I'd, I'd be famous. And I'd be fucking just as sad as I am now with, you know, more attention. So that allowed me to let go of a lot of things. And then I started operating from a place where I was like, all right, I'm just going to like share my thoughts, put those out in the world, I guess. And that led me to a different place and a different place. And it's just, now I'm here. 
And it's just, it's this weird thing, but it wasn't until I was able to like let go of one, what I was supposed to do, right? Because it was like the oil and gas world, then it was fitness, and it was like, you got to own your own business. You got to own your own business. I was just beaten to my head since I was a kid. Did that. It failed. That was a blessing in disguise. Lots of good lessons there. Had no sense of self anymore. Like everything that I had built myself on was gone. So I got a chance. I got a, a, something that was hard as fuck that I'm really grateful for. I got to be like, all right, well, I'm no one now. Like everybody, the only per- I was the gym guy. Mm-hmm. I was the man bun guy who was strong and like kind of goofy and really loud. And I'm still goofy and loud. And you got a man bun coming and back. And I got a man bun coming Shit. back. Uh, the rebirth, death and rebirth, you know? <laughs> um, but with all that, I was able to be like kind of reconstruct myself and it didn't feel unnatural. It felt what, what happened was I realized that, and I'm just kind of pontificating over here, but like what happened was I realized that giving a lot of fucks was something I was forcing myself to do mm. like I was supposed to. And that's because my granddad who raised me had to give a lot of fucks. He didn't want to give a lot of fucks. He actually doesn't want to give that many fucks. And you no. know, him. you know, yeah, he you know, definitely does not, <laughs> but he had to because yeah. he had three kids that he had young and then he had three grandkids that he had to raise in his fifties. He didn't get to retire. And he had to go out. He had to get up at three o'clock in the morning to go work on Christmas Day. He had to give those fucks. And I felt obligated to make him proud in some certain way. And then I failed at that even. And I cost him money. It was a whole thing. And that was fucking brutal. Like, failing is one thing, right? Which already sucks. But then, like, disappointing. This person who knew it was a risk to invest in what you were doing. And knew he was pushing you into doing it, even though it probably wasn't the best thing. But like, so, so the things that I had really like set myself up for, I, I was, I failed fast. I teed myself up. I blew myself up. My ego was huge. And then I exploded and I let everybody down and I embarrassed myself. And then I got a chance to like reevaluate it. So I wandered in the woods. That's where Connor wanders comes from. Mm Mm-hmm. I wandered around in the green belt, which you can't even go now because it's full of homeless people and weird tech people on scooters. But back then you could wander around and not really be bothered in Austin, Texas and uh, reevaluated. And what I came to terms with through Mark Manson and Alan Watts was like, we just don't fucking know. And that's cool. If you can just get cool with that. Then. Life changes. And then, then when you actually care about something, like I care about this relationship, I care about my dogs, I care about my show, like I, I genuinely care, you know? And even COVID did that whenever my business, like, again, it was of no fault of my own there with, with COVID just being like making what I did kind of obsolete. But I was like, how long did it take me to be like, I'm just going to do something else? A week? Mm-hmm. But I'd already, like, I'd already done that. Yeah. I'd already done that. I'd already like been like, well, at least I have something. I, I went from having... I went to nothing. I had nothing. I had an 85 Land Cruiser that was dope and Dutch in an apartment. Wait, so you had everything Schieffer. because you had Dutch. <laughs> Dutch helped the most. Oh, he's, he lay- he's been child. laying on me this whole podcast, you guys. So, so to get there, it was like, to be fucking honest, you just don't, you don't just do it. It's not a thing you do. It's a thing that life kind of allows you to do. Mm. Damn, that's good. You know what I mean? And if you don't roll the dice and you don't take risks, 
It's unlikely you're ever going to get there. Because if you don't fucking lose, you know, if you don't, if you don't publicly embarrass yourself, then, then you keep pretending like you have something to lose, which you don't. You know, I mean, if you have a family, you do, like, the, barring those exceptions, but I'm saying, generally yeah. speaking, when it comes to like your own ego, yeah. How much to lose there? You gotta, and, 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 I, and I was willing to put myself out there, and, and, and unfortunately, I, or fortunately, who knows? I shit the bed. <laughs> so life, like life, life teed me. It's, it's, it's like me trying to tell somebody how to be tall. Like, I don't fucking know. I didn't choose it. It just happened. And life, for whatever reason, set me up to be a guy who can kind of not give a fuck. And then my goal with that, I was like, well, here's kind of a gift, I guess, that life gave me. It's like, maybe I don't give a fuck on an eight or a nine on a scale of 10, right? Maybe somebody who's at a one, maybe I can get them to a two. Maybe three. Where am I now? Where was I, I before and where am I now? I'm not, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't know you before. At the beginning of our relationship. Well, you were so all over the place. It was hard to, it's hard to pin you down. You were very neurotic about your spirituality, though, which was very cute. Yeah. I would say I was a one and now I'm like a three. <laughs> yeah, I'd say a three. I would, I would give you a three. But it's like, I think, and I think it's, again, it's, it's really looking at your life experiences. And it's something I used to do when I had clients. It's like, look at your life experiences and look at the lessons that you're denying yourself because they're uncomfortable that are already there. Like they're fucking there, right? This yeah. is what journaling helps a ton with. It's like, look at the stuff. It's like, what lessons have you like kind of bypassed? They're like, oh, I would rather like think about it this way. Like, oh, the, all those guys I dated for six years were all assholes. It's like, they probably weren't. Yeah. They probably weren't. You were probably an asshole to some of them. I'm sure some of them were assholes. And it's like, well, okay, so maybe I was an asshole to two out of the six guys I dated for that period of time. Well, the other four, why are you a perfect fit for an asshole? That's a good question to ask yourself. Why are you a perfect fit for an asshole, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, so those kind of questions you can ask yourself. And if you get to a situation where you can ask yourself really challenging questions and get honest answers, then you're on your way. Because then even if you do fuck up, right, which is part of not giving a fuck or giving the appropriate amount of fucks, mm -hmm. giving fucks where you actually want them to be versus where they're supposed to be, quote unquote. Well, then it's like you have to be able to analyze your life and be like, okay, what matters? It's a hard question. Damn. I don't know. Connor Moore. I think that was one of my favorite podcasts I think I've ever done ever. <laughs> I don't think I made any sense at all. You made so much sense to me and maybe one other person who's listening. Hopefully we'll see. <laughs> Let us know. Did he make sense? It makes sense. I don't know. You helped me. Thank you. Yeah, we need to. Do, we sh we should do this again. Wait, we so, have a show. We have a show. It's called OK Babe. Um, for those of you who have never heard of it or listened to any episodes, we've been off for what since March. Yeah, yeah. It's July now, so we are bringing it back. Um, so expect an episode. It in will the be next happening in week or so. Politically homeless HQ over here. Yep. Which I'm very excited Connor's about new studio have to bring it bring it to you from from the stew. Maybe hit a sauna afterwards, who knows? Yeah. But a little playground out here. Thanks for listening and being a part of this journey with us and thanks for being on the show, baby. Kelly's really you. she's really not as bad as her, as she makes herself sound. <laughs> thanks, baby. Love you, Frank. Love you, Frank.